Please, you can be seated. Um, for those that uh, are joining us online this morning, uh, just so you're aware, next Sunday, uh, after, the, uh, after the preaching part of our service, we're going to have communion, and we're going to uh, encourage people who are watching online to join us. So uh, we'll be doing that uh, next week. And then uh, we are doing, as a church this year, a project with the Gospel Mission. So uh, tonight, I will be sending out an email, which will give you more of that information for those of you online, just so you can follow with it. Um, last week, we started a series, and just kind of in light of this whole pandemic thing. I know a lot of stuff gets canceled. A lot of stuff is getting uh, shifted around and uh, watched a lot of people kind of cancel the uh, Thanksgiving thing and people are trying to make decisions about Christmas and traveling and vacations and all that. So uh, kind of my series for the last week and this week and next week is this idea of what if there were no Christmas? What if we canceled the whole Christmas thing? What if Jesus was never born? Uh, how would it impact life? What would be different? And so along those lines, we talked last week about the idea of celebration and the fact that uh, inherent in the Christmas story is the idea of celebration. And that in order for us to really understand and, and, and be a part of Christmas, we really have to deal with that issue of, of celebration and that um, even though your, your plans may change this Christmas, celebration still needs to be a part of it. Um, this morning, we're going to look at a little bit different idea. And uh, it has this idea of if there were no Christmas, there would be no lights. Um, I don't know what it is about lights. But I noticed even this morning coming to church, I, I get here pretty early on Sunday mornings and I was driving through um, Climbing Hill, you know, the metropolis of Climbing Hill. And... As I'm driving through that major metropolis, I notice these people at, at, at 6.30 in the morning have lights up and twinkling. And I'm, I'm, I'm observing all that, and there's just something about driving in there that it, it does something to you. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, we have uh, Alden, actually, my, my grandson, uh, one of my grandsons, is, uh, he turns one year old today. And... Uh, What's happened is over the last couple of weeks when we get uh, Claire, our granddaughter, for about an hour after school, and then when Aaron picks her up, every once in a while she'll bring Alden in. And Alden and I kind of have this thing. And uh, so I, I take him around and I show him the Christmas light. So we look at the Christmas village and we look at the Christmas tree and then we go on the porch and we look at the Christmas lights and stuff like that. And he can't talk, but he can do this. He can grunt. He's an awesome grunter. Uh, but he does this. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah. He's just fascinated by them. And it's so much fun. And I thought, you know, if you take all of that out of Christmas, so, so what role do lights even have in this whole thing? Um, how is it that it's part of that story? And what really piqued my interest in this was uh, Greg last week when he did the lay leader picked a passage out of 2 Corinthians 4, which happened to be my favorite chapter. And I want to start and springboard off of that. Then I want to go through, so let me tell you where we're going. I want to springboard off of that. I want to go through the, the idea and the theme of lights in the Bible. And then I want to go to the Christmas story. And then I want to talk about how it applies to us as we live out our lives here in the next week. So uh, we're starting in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Here's what it says. Even if our gospel is hid or veiled, 
It is hither veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. It's an interesting thing. Your mind is blind. Not your eyes, your mind is blind. That's, that's what he's saying. So that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is in the image of God. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus is Lord, and, yourself, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of the darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. What happens here in this passage is, is basically Paul writes to the church at Corinth and he says, look guys, you, you need to be the light in a dark world. Now this idea of light, has it, it starts all the way in Genesis, works all its way through Revelation. Um, you see it in creation. You see the idea of, of God saying, let there be light. Uh, you see it, we've been looking at the children of Israel. You see it in the life of the children of Israel, where they're led by a pillar of, of fire, light. You see it when they set up the temple worship, and they, they, there's no light in the Holy of Holies, because that's the dwelling place of God. God is the light there. And then uh, you see, but yet you see the, the, the light in, in the holy place. Uh, you see the candlestick. And then you actually see light actually out on the court where they, where they have the labor, where they're, they're making the offering. So you see, it, you see this theme all the way in the Old Testament. Um, when you get to the New Testament, you have Jesus continually talking about this theme. Uh, you see it first, you see it in the, in, in the uh, Christmas story. We're going to look at that in a second. But you see Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. You see Jesus turning around and saying, you are the light of the world. You see Jesus over and over again saying that, you know what, if I'm the light of the world, if you follow me, you won't be in darkness anymore. Then when you get to the New Testament, after Jesus, you have this whole space of Paul saying, you are children of light. Walk as children of light. And when you get to the last two chapters of the Bible, it talking about heaven and eternity, it says there's no need for light there because Jesus is the light. So you see from Genesis all the way to Revelation, this idea of light woven all the way through Scripture. You see it in the Christmas story. Listen to this passage here in Luke chapter 2. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. The light, the, 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 the awesomeness, this is actually a reference to the Shekinah glory that would have dwelt over top of the tabernacle. It's this idea of all of a sudden, you're out there, these shepherds are out there, they're in the dark, and all of a sudden, heaven peels itself back, and an angel, and then eventually all the, a whole bunch of angels start telling them about what's happening. It's, it's, it's just fascinating that you're introduced to this idea of light. Then you come to Jesus at the temple. They, they take Jesus to the temple, and we have this guy Simon or Simeon, who now ends up, uh, he has prayed to see this child, sees this child, and he blesses Jesus. Listen to his prayer. Again, a lot of times we skip over this. We don't see this stuff. Sovereign Lord. As you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. This is a nice way of saying, okay, Lord, you can take me home now. I'm done. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Talking about Jesus. He's actually looking at the baby Jesus. 
which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Jesus, as he's holding him as a baby, is going, this is light. This is light. And then, you know the story of the Magi, and Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea during the time of Herod. Magi came from the east, came from the east, came to Jerusalem and asked, where is he as the born king of the Jews? We've seen his star, and it rose, and we've come to worship him. They followed this star all the way, all the way across until eventually it stops over top of where Jesus is as a child. And you know the story, they come and worship. So, Ingrained in this story, this Christmas story, is this idea of light. You see it, like I said, you see it with, with the shepherds, you see it at, with Simeon, or, and, and you see it with the Magi. And then Jesus grows up, and about 30 years of age, he starts to enter into his earthly ministry. And then Jesus starts to talk about this concept. Listen to what he says. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. You follow me, you're not in darkness. That assumes that if you don't follow him, you are in darkness. That you don't have Christ as the light of your life. And that's a big deal. When Jesus later, actually in Matthew 5, where he talks about the Beatitudes, listen to what he says. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill can't be hidden. Neither do people put a light, light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. It gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Basically, you need to understand that in this culture, you didn't have, you didn't walk over to a light switch and flip on a switch and the lights came on. In this culture, it was basically a little bitty, first of all, most of the time, when the sun came up, they went to work. When the sun went down, they went to bed. Okay, Because the only way to work late into the night was to have a light. And in order to have a light, you had to have oil in a, in a little bitty lantern thing. And oil was expensive, and you only used it when it was necessary. But when you did light it, what you would do is you would, you know, you would put it at the highest place. Remember... Have you ever been in the house when, when the electricity went out and it was dark at night? You know, what did you do? You try to find a center place to put the light or the lantern or whatever you've got and put it so that it lights up the, the largest amount of the room. You know, you don't just huddle in your, you know, I don't, I don't bring it over to my chair and set it by my chair and tell my wife that this is my light and I don't want to share with you. I, you know, we put it in the middle for everybody to use. That's what Jesus is saying. In this culture, by the way, um, often many of the, 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 the cities were built out of limestone. So what would happen is any reflection of a fire, for instance, outside the city wall would reflect off of the city wall, the white, white city wall. So you would see this whole idea of light, just a city set on a hill, everyone noticed it. Um, even, even walking around, you would notice it's a big white stone thing on top of the hill. You would notice the city, and that's what Jesus said. He says, look, that's the whole concept. That's the whole principle behind all of this. So it's the idea of you and I are that kind of light. Then he goes on. And Paul comes, and he picks up this idea. 
when he writes to the church of Ephesus. And here's what he says. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the world. Live as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth to find out what pleases the Lord. He said, look, you and I were in darkness. Now we're light. So live accordingly. Live as children of light. That's the idea that, 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 that Paul tries to get across to these Ephesian people. And again, this concept of, A, Jesus was the light of the world. We, as we follow him, we are the light for the world to be able to see Christ in us. So let's talk about it for, for us as we and, and try to draw a couple of principles about this idea of light. One of the purposes of light is to guide. Uh, if you think about it for a minute, that's one of the things that, that light does, is it guides us. Um, on on my, my motorcycle, I have these awesome headlights. Okay? They're better than any vehicle that I own. All right? And when I flip these things on, I even have fog riding lights, and then and there's these LED things that, I mean, they, go, they, they, they shoot way out there. And if I turn the brights on, it's even, I mean, I, I, mean, I see the sides of the road when I'm driving down the thing, with the, with the bike thing. But the whole idea is it guides me, okay? Because it lets me see what's in front of me as, as I'm headed in that direction. And that's one of the things that light does is it guides us. Uh, it, it, when you turn your headlights on at night or when they automatically come on in your car, it guides you to where you're going. That's one of the things that we are to do as believers is we guide people. We direct people to Jesus Christ in the way that we live our lives. Uh, because that's one of the purposes that you see when we talk about this idea of light. Uh, another idea um, is, the, is, this, is this idea, this, this concept of um, when, when it guides us, the focus isn't the light. Okay, The focus isn't the light itself. The focus is what the light does. So let me try to, it's hard for me to illustrate this. So um, if you look at my motorcycle, you don't look at my motorcycle and go, you know what? That is the most awesome light I've ever seen. No, I, I, the light has a purpose. I want the light's purpose to, to, to work. I don't want, um, we put, I, this thing up here, I realized this thing up here has spot for lights. And so I said, well, I'm going to go ahead and put lights in it. So this week I put lights in it. Um, and uh, we didn't know how it would work on the video, but we just said, well, forget it. It's not on the video a lot, so we'll just do it. So, uh, so there, each one of these things has a light in it. So let me, let me show you something, just, just out of curiosity. Look at the difference between it when... Uh-oh. I know it'll come out. Okay. So if you came in today, and I have it set up like that, That look good? Why? Why doesn't that look good? I have light on it. What's that? It doesn't light up the inside. Why? Why? The whole goal is not to bring attention to the light, is it? Why? You want the light, here's the idea, you want the light hidden inside, shining out through. The attention is not to be on the light. The attention is to be on what the light does. Does that make sense? Okay, That's important. That's important for us to understand. 
Because one of the things that light does is it reflects. Um, some of you know, if you know me, you know that Josh and I like glass blowing, and that's kind of our, our thing. And um, I am fascinated with anything to do with, with glass. I, I'm, I'm almost obsessed, okay? If you were to look at my Facebook feed, 70% of stuff on my Facebook feed is about glass. Uh, because I, you know, I'm trying to absorb everything I can about that as an art form. I love, I love there's just something about glass that fascinates me. Um, glass blowing takes it to a whole new level because I get to play with fire too. So 2,000 degree fire, glass, it's awesome. But um, one of the things that happens in, 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 in the world of glass is you work very hard to come up with a way that the art piece that you create reflects light and glass. Okay? That, that, that's, a, that's a big issue. So you play around with a lot of things to come up with a way to, to reflect it. So I, I brought a piece. This is actually one of Josh's pieces. Okay? So this is one of Josh's pieces that, 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 that he made. Um, I taught him everything he knows. So, um, so this is one of Josh's pieces. And if you look at it right now, it, I mean, that looks nice. He did a nice job. Okay? A couple things I'd change, but he, he did a nice job with it. Okay? He did a nice job with it. Here's what you don't understand. When this piece was created, this piece was created very specifically and in a very specific um, uh, pattern and layout. In the middle of this piece is clear glass. And the outside is wrapped then in colored glass, in this case, white and, and blue used alternately. Then this, that, that piece is then encased in another layer of clear glass. So there's actually three layers here. Now, you don't see that when you look at it, but here's what we learned. We buy these off of Amazon, okay? And all they are are little lights, okay? Watch the difference to the piece now. Wait a minute. It was the same piece. What changed? The light inside of it. This is what God wants from us. He, said, he, in this world, we are created in the image of God. We're in darkness. This is what we look like in the world. If we stand before God like this, I mean, we're still His creation, but the reality of it is we're His creation without Him at the center of our life, without our faith and trust in Him. So we don't have the light of Jesus Christ in our lives, and we are in darkness. But when we follow Jesus, like He said in John, and we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, now we have within us the light of Christ. So now, that's what the world sees. It sees the light, Christ, in us. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? This is what God is saying. That He is the light of the world, and that those who follow Him, those who put their faith and trust in Him, 
have the light of life for the world to see. We don't want the focus to be on us without the light of Christ. We want the focus to be on Christ shining in and through our lives in all that we do. Why are we doing a project with a mission? We want people to see Christ and the love of Christ for people that we'll never meet, never know, never do it. Why? Because that's, that's, what, that's what Christianity is. That's what God wants us to do. That makes sense? Because this is, what, this is what has to happen in our life. And by the way, <clears throat> do you realize how active this is right now? You go, hey, what do you mean? It's like, it's not moving, PJ. Yeah, it is. It's actually moving 186,000 miles a second. That's the speed of light. There's a lot going on here, but you don't see it, and you don't pay attention to it. But that's what's happening. And I want to challenge you, because sometimes we get this concept in, in the world that, you know what, it's not that big a deal. It's not, it, it's not, it is a big deal. It is a big deal. And this Christmas, you're surrounded by lights. And I want you to pay attention to them this week. Every time you see them, I want you to think about your light as a Christian in a dark world. I want you to think about how you're reflecting, how you are, you are portraying all the beauty that God has in and through you. And, and that's what's important for us to understand. So basically, as we talk about this morning, there's two focuses, and here's what it comes down to. So here's two questions for you before we go today. Question number one. I don't want to break it, because then I'll have to tell Josh how to make another one. Um, <laughs> it is glass, glass breaks. That's the first rule of glass blowing. Uh, but anyway, uh, here, here's what I want you to understand as we go. Two questions. First question is this. Do you have the light of Christ in your life? Or are you in darkness? You go, well, I, you know, I, don't, I don't do the church thing. It's not about church thing. Well, you know, I'm not a good person. It's not about being a good person. The question is this. Have you come to a point where you realized you were in darkness, you realized you were a sinner, you realized you need a Savior, as best as you know how, you say, God, come into my life, forgive me of my sin, be my Lord and Savior. I want to follow you. At that point, God, light of the world, gives you light. That's what he does. You go, well, you know, I, I just don't, you know, I, you know, if you knew what I did, what I'd done, or how I live, or what I, stop. It's about, have you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Are you following Christ? Period. Do you have the light of Christ in your life? That is the most important question you will ever ask in your lifetime, particularly this Christmas season. Make sure you have that. Many of you here, many watching, have that. They, they, they have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So here's the second question to you then. Is that light working like it should? Are you reflecting Christ like you should in your life? You know, you, know, you just don't understand how bad it is where I work. I'll go back to something I learned in college, something the, the chancellor of the university, actually where I went to school, used to say. He said this, he said, the most important light in a house 
It's not the chandelier that hangs over the dining room table. The most important light in the house is the night light that keeps you from breaking your neck when you get up in the middle of the night. I'm not asking you to be a chandelier. Those little bulbs are seven watts. They're broadcasted all the way to the back of the auditorium. This little thing right here, it's got four LEDs on it run by two AA batteries. Well, you know what? It was enough to make that piece look incredibly beautiful. God will do the same thing for you. It's not about being the biggest or the brightest or the boldest or anything like that. It's about being a light in wherever you are. You think about it for a minute. When your lights go out at your house, how many lights do you actually have to have to function in the house at night? Most of you, like me, get away with a flashlight. Now, it's nice to have all the lights on in the house. But you can get along with just one little light. Listen, I, some of you don't understand how important it is for you to be that little light in that world that God puts you in every day. You go, it's so horrible where I work. You can't believe the language and the stories and the this and the cheating and all the stuff. That's Stop. Seven watts. Four LEDs can make a difference. You can make a difference where you are. Stop and ask yourself, God, how can I make a difference this week? Maybe it's an, like I say, maybe it's a random act of kindness. Maybe it's just simply going up to somebody and saying, hey, look, you know what? I just want you to know. I know it's been a tough year for you, but I just want you to know, I, it's encouraged me to watch how you've handled everything this year. Those words of affirmation could go so far in the life of somebody. For some of you, can I challenge you? Um, raising kids is hard enough. Raising kids in a pandemic is even more overwhelming. All you've got to do is walk up and encourage some of these young parents. And say, hey, look, I know it's tough, but uh, I just want you to know I think you're doing an awesome job. I think you're doing an awesome job. Or to encourage some of these kids, be a light. Be a light. Because this world, if you haven't figured it out, is a very dark place. And it is a very discouraging place. And it's a place that likes to beat each other up and attack each other and tear each other down. We're called to be a light. A twinkling, sparkling little light somewhere. So be it this week. Be it this week. Let God use you. Trust Him. Follow Him. And as you look and you see lights all week long, let it be a reminder to you. Let it be a challenge to you. Lord, what kind of light am I this week? So I end with this. Light is an important theme in the Christmas story. The light that surrounded the angels or the star that led the wise men were all part of the story. Jesus came as the light of the world and saved us so that we could be a light to the world. This season, may you be a light in a very dark world so that people may see Christ in you. Live this week as children 
of light. Let's pray. Lord, help us. Lord, sometimes it is easy for us to get sucked into the the way that this world responds and handles things and, and talks and acts. But Lord, you've called us to do it differently. So, Lord, help us. Lord, use us. Lord, there are people we're going to come in contact this week that, that need help, that need encouragement, that need us to be a blessing and a comfort and encouragement to them. So, Lord, use us this week. Lord, for those who have never put their faith and trust in you, Lord, that are still in darkness. Lord, would you open their hearts and minds to that which you have for them, that, Lord, they would put their faith and trust in you, that they'd understand, Lord, that you can use them in great ways. And, Lord, when it is all said and done, we, pay, we pray that people would see Christ in us this week and that you'd use us to be able to guide and direct people to you. These things we ask in your name.